0: Hi everybody, I'm Seth Busby, editor of Flying Solo. Welcome to our weekly podcast, where we step inside the minds and lives of soloists and small business owners. Today's guest is Alan Fu. A serial entrepreneur and business coach, Alan has built seven figure e-commerce businesses, worked with startups to build their brands, and is joining us today to share some of the secrets behind the success of his latest venture, beauty brand Cheeky Glow, which launched during lockdown and became a TikTok sensation. Hi, Alan. Thank you so much for joining me on the show today. Welcome.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's a pleasure to be here.
0: Now, I would like to take a little step back into your entrepreneurial journey. We are chatting a bit before this recording and you said that you're, you're not new to entrepreneurship. You've You've had a few businesses and got the entrepreneurial bug at an early age. Can you tell me how did that come about?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I actually started very, very young. So I watched my parents. My parents are first generation immigrants into Australia. And when they first came to Australia, they had the dream of starting their own traditional business. So essentially, at two months old, I was already inside of their little retail shop, helping out as uh, marketing. You know, they used me to lure customers into their store because I was super cute. Um, And so (laughs) I really started from there. You know, I watched my parents struggle as first generation immigrants building businesses. But I always knew that business was the way to go for if you wanted to create, um, you know, success that you're in control of. So I thought it was really exciting. And I started my first business when I was in high school. Um, It was in the form of tutoring. So I provided a mobile tutoring service. And then from there, I transitioned into Um, creating sort of local sports groups, events, and personal training and all sorts of little businesses like that. Nothing crazy, nothing massively corporate or anything like that. Um, Before I started doing business with my parents in the supplement space and then from there I built business with my brother in the anime space and also car accessory space and then that led me to where we are today in terms of building business in the health and beauty space for Cheeky Glow Um, which is one of the bigger businesses that I've built over the last couple of years.
0: Now, tell me a little about the idea for Cheeky Glow. Where did that come from?
1: Cheeky Glow idea was actually really interesting. So me and my business partner, Cece, we were talking about different business ideas one day. She had just gone to China for a a six-month trip, and I just came back from... Um, LA for a three-month trip and I was building business in LA and learning from a lot of other entrepreneurs and CC had just gotten back from China from doing some education over there and because CC is actually from a city in China called Haribing, which is a northern Chinese city um, which is very cold and up there they have a tradition that's been going on for thousands and thousands of years which is this exfoliating um, concept Because they have all these big bathhouses, it's a very family, community orientated thing where everyone goes to a bathhouse, they get a nice full body exfoliation, you know, and cleanse their skin and cleanse all of the toxins off their skin. And so Cece went back and she was reminded of this concept, she brought it back to Australia and she's like, this thing is really cool, I've never seen this back home here. What if we brought a little bit of, you know, Eastern Asian culture back into Australia where no one's seen it before and, you know, share a little bit more about our traditional culture with the world? And I was like, you know what, that's a really, really great idea. I thought that was a really cool idea. Not only can we bring the concept of Asian sort of beauty traditions and Asian beauty techniques back into Australia, but also at the same time, we were really fascinated with the self-care concept because it was during a time of lockdowns. It was during a time of, you know, massive negativity in the media from COVID and we were like why don't we try to do something good for the media not just for the media but for the public and so we decided to create the whole concept of self-care and um used our cheeky glow exfoliating glove as the centerpiece to that whole entire experience. And that's pretty much how our business started. We were like, you know what? Stuff it. Let's do it. It's lockdown anyway. What are we going to do? She's not working. I'm still here building businesses. Why don't we just um, give this a crack and let's see if we can build something out of it and share a, um, share a beautiful message with the world and try to make this product work.
0: It's still a pretty brave leap to start a business during during COVID.
1: <laughs> oh, It wasn't easy. Definitely not easy.
0: And how did you go about it? I, I read you were doing things out of your garage initially
1: it's actually garage would be very generous Um, (laughs) we didn't actually have the space of the garage um, because we had uh, I had another business in the garage already so we actually had a little corner of my house it's literally like a uh, one and a half meter by a meter bit of space so it it was big enough to just fit a table and it was big enough to fit a shelf and we literally started in this little corner. Um, we stacked all the inventory that we had in this corner. And we, we bought ourselves a label printer. We used an old laptop, and that was it. That was pretty much where the business began in this little tiny space in my house. And um, we we started shipping our orders from there, and it all just grew from that little corner.
0: And how did you develop the the glove? Uh, that you use for the exfoliation?
1: Yeah. So the fabric for the glove is really cool. Um, the fabric itself exists in China. It's quite common there. And it's something that we hadn't seen here in Australia before. It's it's a very high quality uh, plant-based material, which is made from viscose. So it's all cruelty-free, vegan, and all of that, all of the good stuff that that you know society wants nowadays and so we found the fabric we looked at the shaping of the glove and we looked at all the different products that were on the market already and we decided we wanted to do some R&D so we started to you know create some samples work with our manufacturer um, and we wanted to remake some of the components of the glove such as the durability of the elastics um, and all of that sort of stuff so that was pretty much how it was it's quite a commonplace product in China in terms of what it does and the functions of it and we just wanted to make it our own and that's pretty much where the concept came we wanted to make it simple because usually people just use a cloth we wanted to make it nice and simple so that you could put it on your hand and you can exfoliate with that and then now we've grown into a back scrubbing range as well because we can't reach our backs ourselves and you're not always going to have a partner in the shower to scrub your back so you know, we've now expanded into a back scrubber where you can now clean your own back. You know, I'm pretty sure most of us don't really wash our backs as thoroughly as we would like to. And so, you know, we created this back, uh, back scrubber product as well to add to the range.
0: And so the materials, um, you said they're very common in China. Does that mean you had to import the materials to make the gloves?
1: Yes, correct. So because the materials were found there in China, we do all of our manufacturing and we get it all sorted there because obviously that's where it originated from, right? Like the whole concept came from Northern China, which is a very, very common concept there, which is really cool. Um, And it's part of our heritage, especially CC's family. It's part of her family culture. And so we decided to go, you know what, let's just go from where it originates from and let's just work on getting all of that. And a lot of our other products as well um, come from places like Turkey, for example, where it's also a very, very prominent sort of tradition there as well. Yeah,
0: the bathhouse culture.
1: Correct. The bathhouse culture also from Turkey as well. Mm -hmm. So we had that too. And that's for our silk exfoliating face mitt, something a little bit more gentle. And so we have materials from Turkey as well for that product. So we source our products from different places based on where they're sort of where the tradition comes from because we want to keep it nice and authentic as much as possible
0: so how have you been impacted then by supply chain given that's a
1: (laughs) that's a a loaded that's a loaded question and i think every other small business owner or even big business owner out there that deals with any sort of supply chain understands the struggles right now we've had container costs you know almost 10x in the last 12 months um, you know, even air shipping costs has doubled, tripled, quadrupled in prices in the last couple of months. And it's pretty crazy in terms of that. And obviously, with delays happening all the time, um, in terms of manufacturing, there are also shortages in raw materials. It's pretty crazy. It's definitely not an easy thing to deal with. It's it's quite insane that we have to sit here and plan and future proof our business by planning months and months ahead. And that is a significant risk for any business to plan, you know, well, well ahead in the future. And so it hasn't been easy, but we try to adapt as much as possible with constant communication with our manufacturers, just for them to update us on supply chain issues, whether it's ingredients, materials, um, colors, dyes, all sorts of things. It's it's very important for us to make sure we're on top of that.
0: So how do you manage customer expectations as well? Because we're so used to we want it now.
1: Oh, absolutely. <laughs> well, during COVID, it was much harder. During lockdown period, it was quite difficult because some things were delayed. We're an eight times sellout product. So at the very beginning of the business, we didn't really have a firm grasp on how much demand there would be for the product. And so at the beginning, it was tough. We had to tell customers, look, there would be a one month to two month wait as we restock our, uh, we restock our inventory. And so There was that issue at the beginning, but it was very clear communication. We may have some customers get angry, but that's quite normal. And so we had the expectation set. When they ordered the product, it was already in our listings. You would know that if you order a pre-order product, it'll take about a month or six weeks to get here. Um, and then we can ship it to you. And then just, yeah, we, we try to manage our expectations with our customers as much as possible. And we let them know well ahead of time, make it extremely clear on our website that the product will be delayed for certain times. And that even if they pre-ordered, we will make sure to get the product to them as soon as possible. And those are some things that we aren't in control of, but we are working as hard as we can to get the product not just into Australia, but then to ship it out to them as well domestically.
0: So let's talk a little bit about that customer demand how you created that initially when you've gone from zero to mm-hmm. thousands of
1: orders a month mm-hmm. so yeah that was really interesting and we were thinking about it when me and cc first started the business we we're like okay this is a new concept no one's seen it before what are we going to do right like how are we going to generate that audience especially when we're bootstrapped we started the business with our own funds um, i initially took out money from my own savings to start the business and so we don't have excessive amount of funds to invest into marketing we can't be spending thousands and thousands of dollars a week on running advertisements so we're like oh my god how are we going to do this and so i'd been using tiktok for a while tiktok has been a phenomenal social phenomena it actually had more visitors on tiktok than google um Last year, which is crazy, like Google has historically been the number one website for traffic. And then all of a sudden, TikTok within one to two years has overtaken Google in terms of web traffic. And I think that's an incredible phenomenon. Um, and so we actually started on TikTok, we, we just I was like, you know what, CC, you, you're great at marketing, you're great at making videos, uh, just make one video, we'll post three videos a day and we'll see what happens. And so the whole goal we had for our marketing campaign at the very beginning was let's try to create a viral trend. If we can create a viral trend, then we're going to get a lot of free marketing, organic marketing, and that's not paid for. And because of the position that we're in at the moment, that's going to be the best way for us to be able to gain engagement with our customers. And that's exactly what happened. I think it was our eighth or ninth video. It went semi-viral, not really viral, but like I I call it domestically viral. So it got like 80,000 views or something like that within 24 hours. And that was where the business actually started to grow and that sold out our first batch of inventory. And so now no matter where I go, make sure I tell everyone use TikTok, use TikTok, use TikTok because it's one of the greatest ways to to leverage social media.
0: So what are some tips for other business owners that might be considering the the TikTok journey?
1: So social media right now is very video-based. People love videos. They love the raw behind the scenes of your business. I think as business owners, sometimes we're quite scared to get ourselves out there, put ourselves out there, put our faces out there, or even use our voice. And so my recommendation to all business owners that are listening to this is definitely get onto TikTok for your business. Every business has a TikTok direction they can take and you have a story to share. Your audience would love to see your story. Your customers would love to see your story. How did you get to where you are today? What are the benefits of your products? How does your product actually work? What do the customers actually get out of your product? And by doing that and consistently showing your customers that from a raw point of view, rather than paying thousands of dollars for a professionally made video, customers really, really enjoy the behind the scenes side of things. So if you can create that and build a voice for your business and your company, then your customers are very, very willing to then support you in that journey. And a lot of our customers have become not just customers, but great fans as well of the business, which we are really, really grateful for too.
0: Finding that voice, that is really what's most important, I guess.
1: Absolutely. Absolutely. Every business should have a voice and a story to tell.
0: So how did you identify what was the right tone for, for your business?
1: For us, it came down to a few different things. One, we wanted to share our traditions that was that was a major one because I think for us, um, from a Chinese background, there's not much representation of us um, in terms of mainstream media and mainstream business. So we really wanted to create a voice for, I guess, the minority, minority side of things in that sense. And then on top of that, we really wanted to play into the self-care side because during lockdown, it was quite depressing for a lot of people. And a lot of my friends were quite sad. They They were really like worried because they they were uncertain about the future and self care became a massive thing a massive talking topic um, during that lockdown period and we really wanted to be a part of that self care is extremely important even I myself being an entrepreneur nothing's always sunshine and rainbows you know we go through times where it's we're, we're down we're lonely we're sad we're depressed and self care became a huge part of my journey last year as well during lockdown where I went out for a lot of walks and I'm sure I think everyone went out for a lot of walks um, because of our five kilometer radius and you know we were all stuck at home and so we really wanted to play a part of that narrative as well and to show people that self-care isn't just you know makeup or beauty or skincare it's also looking after your skin and enjoying your own personal time and for a lot of people showering is one of the most personal, private times they can have for themselves. And if you can make that whole routine fun, then it's a great way to look after your mental health. So we really, really wanted to play on that voice and um, to be a voice for the community as well, to show them that, hey, self-care isn't just putting on beautiful makeup. It isn't just putting on your 10-step skincare routine. It isn't just meditating or yoga or going for a walk. It's actually there's, there's so much to it. Um, and we really, really wanted to play a role in that as well.
0: I'm guessing you obviously can't be doing a TikTok of someone in the shower using their... <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, that's, uh, that's, that's definitely right. Like we had to find different innovative ways to get around that. Um, and so a lot of the content that we had to create there was I had to wear board shorts or you know, I had to shower with board shorts on or we had to get a girl to shower with a bikini on. Um, of course, we, we have to work around that as much as possible because we are a shower product, shower-based um, you know, health product. And so you just have to get innovative, you know, got to be a little bit smart when it comes down to it and yeah, definitely communicate the right message in that sense. And yeah, be, be, yeah, be very conscious of what you wear into the shower.
0: (laughs) And when did you realize that, you know, this product's got legs, it's going to actually be a sustaining, awesome business that I can grow over the next few years?
1: Yeah, that's a great question, actually, because a lot of people, they start a product-based business and it can blow up, you know, you might get a lot of sales at the beginning and then it slowly trickles down and the product sort of dies in so in, in terms of social um, sort of awareness. And so for us, it was really cool because at first we weren't expecting anything, honestly. Our first 40 customers in the business were actually our own friends and family. So we were like, after those first 30 to 40 customers, we're like, oh man, this Product might not be so good. Um, but then we started to go viral on TikTok. And because of that social proof, it actually sold us out once. And then we got our restock in, and we pretty much sold out of our second restock within a week. And then we're like, oh my God, we keep selling out. We just can't hold on to enough stock. And then now, fast forward, it's been, I think, about 15 months for us now in business. We've sold out eight times. And we just simply can't hold on enough stock. And now we've invested a lot back into the business and in our inventory. We're not going to run out of stock anymore. But it's it was crazy to see that. And I think that for me was enough social proof that, hey, I can start to dump a lot more money into this business. I can reinvest a lot more into it because people were truly talking about us. They were sharing the product. We were going viral once a week. People just loved what we were doing. And that for me was enough social proof for me to go, you know what, let's reinvest a lot heavier back into the business. And let's turn this into a proper brand and really impact, you know, Australia, if not globally.
0: What were the other teething kind of pains that you might have had while you were trying to push the business through this massive growth spurt?
1: With growth, a lot of people go, wow, your business has grown so fast, it must be amazing. But a lot of people also forget that the faster you grow, the more challenges you face as well. Because sometimes as a young business, you're not extremely equipped to handle huge volume of orders so sometimes as as much as it looks cool on the outside you can make x amount of money or you sold x amount of products there's so much that goes on behind the scenes and for us a lot of the pains came from shipping and logistics it came from inventory it came from warehouse space for example we had to move offices twice last year and we'll probably need to move again sometime this year um, just simply to keep up not just with demand but storage as well we had to hire new staff to help us because we couldn't handle packing orders every day. You know, there were nights where me and Cece were up until 4 a.m. in the morning packing orders because we wanted to give customers the best experience. And when we went viral the first time, we went to bed at 5 a.m. that day because we wanted to get out all the orders. I think we had a flood of 250 or 300 orders within six hours. So we were like, oh my God, there's so much. We want to get it all out to our customers as much as, as fast as possible. We want them to have a good experience. So all of these sort of things you don't think about when you build a business. And so we had to uh, we had to learn and adapt very quickly, figure out what we were doing with inventory planning, our marketing strategy. We couldn't just rely on going viral all the time. We had to run paid advertisements, all of these sort of things and learning about the different return on ad spends, how much to invest into different platforms, figure out why some ads work well, why some ads don't work well. We had to build our own ads, film our own videos. There was so much, like there was so much to think about. There was so much that came out of nowhere, and essentially we were working very hard to be able to keep the business operating. Even though on, to the outside world it looks really cool, you're selling out, you know, business is growing quickly. But when you're behind the scenes, it's like, oh my god, fire here, fire there, fire here. You know, you're constantly <laughs> putting out fires. Um, and it, but to be honest, it makes the experience more fun. You know, it makes it more human, makes it more fun. But of course, there are challenges nonetheless.
0: You touched on it briefly how. The customer experience was really important to you so you're up till five in the morning packing the orders wanting to get it everything out what is it for you what what makes a great customer experience and how do you try to satisfy your customers
1: i think honestly there's one word that i could just pin it down to which is communication For me personally, if I was a customer, I don't really mind if there's going to be a delay. I don't mind if there's going to be product changes. I don't mind if there's going to be any issues with my order or like any pricing changes or anything like that. I don't mind any of that at all. But as long as it's communicated me in a very clear sense then that's okay with me. I'm very comfortable with that. So what I tried to create in terms of the customer experience was I really wanted to create a website that was congruent to our branding and our message. And it also made customers happy and comfortable and excited to purchase our product. And then after they purchased the product, we wanted to make sure they received the product as fast as possible. We usually ship out our orders within 24 hours. And so that way, the order can be at your doorstep within the next two to three days, You know, depending on obviously how Australia Post is doing with their logistics as we We all know Christmas was horrific for them. But we wanted to get our orders to our customers as quick as possible. We want to give them samples as well in the process. We want to have emails connecting with them. We usually respond to our customer service emails within four to five hours if we can. And so we we usually have quite a, Fast turnaround. We're always commuting on social media. We're always communicating on Facebook, Instagram, TikTok. We're always replying to our comments. We read every single comment that comes through. We read every single direct message that comes through. And we try to engage with our customers as much as possible because. Truly, what kind of business are we if we don't communicate with our customers? And we won't be the business that we are today without our customers. So we're very grateful for their feedback, whether positive or negative. We respond to all of our five-star ratings, our one-star ratings. There's going to be good and bad out there no matter where you go, but communication is key. And that's what creates a really, really powerful customer experience. Mm.
0: And and you said, you know, the five-star, the one-star, sometimes those one-star ratings, they're the ones you've really got to pay attention to because if you deal with it right, then you can convert that disgruntled customer into a loyal customer, I think.
1: Absolutely. You're, you're 100% spot on with that. You know, sometimes we get, um, random one-star ratings. We've had to deal with a lot of challenges and fake reviews and people, um, you know, talking about our business in a negative way and we've had to deal with competitors leaving fake reviews on our profiles and stuff like that as well and I think that's just a part of business you're always going to get competitors you're always going to get negative people um, you're always going to get people that are angry but amongst that there are always going to be genuine customers that are just confused or genuine customers that may be having a bad experience because the product hasn't worked for them in the way that they expected Um, and I think managing expectations is incredibly important not just for business but for relationships and life in general so what we try to do is obviously we reply, especially we take our time and we commit a lot of time with our customer service team to those one star reviews, because they do give us the best feedback. You know, it's it's often those complaints that give us the best feedback for us to either improve the product or the shopping experience. And so we do our best to look after them.
0: Yeah, I was just going to say it could lead to new innovations, actually.
1: Mm, Absolutely. And I think it has, to be honest. We had a lot of reviews. We've brought out a lot of new products that were based on the reviews that we've gotten. And I think that's actually very cool. You know, Our customer is actually helping us grow our business and showing us what they want. And we just want to provide it in the best quality for them um, through the best service that we can give.
0: And what's next for Cheeky Glow? World domination? (laughs)
1: Oh, absolutely. We always love a bit of world domination. Uh, We're definitely looking at expanding this year, and that's the goal. You know, now that travel is open again, um, hopefully be able to do a couple of trips overseas to visit our suppliers and to visit um, other logistical sort of support partners. Definitely looking at expanding overseas. We do know we have quite a bit of attention from, you know, the Americas region, and we really want to look after them as well. We get quite a lot of international customers from that area as well. So we're definitely looking to international expansion, A couple of new products coming through. We've got new body oils coming out as well and potentially working on some uh, new other lines to join the business too. And so we're really excited in expanding the product line and also expanding into new countries all around the world and representing Australia in other countries. We're really, really excited for that.
0: Well, good luck, Alan. That actually sounds like you've got a jam-packed year ahead of you if you're going to achieve all of those things.
1: <laughs> we'll <laughs> I have to try. It's a
0: some sleep there, a bit of time for relaxation as well. We'll do
1: our best. <laughs>
0: <laughs> Thank you so much for being on the show today. It's been great chatting with you.
1: My pleasure, and hopefully you and the listeners have an awesome day ahead. Thank you.